You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Derek Piper, Joey Wagner, alongside Jeremy Warner doing work in Kansas City on site at the T-Mobile Center. Unfortunately, had to watch whatever we just watched in person. Uh, I'm sure it was just as bad on, on TV as, as we watched it from home. But we're going to break this thing down. Illinois falls 71-51 to 51 on the road in Kansas City in the Hall of Fame Classic. Just an utter disgraceful performance, honestly, uh, offensively from what Illinois just put on display and it's just hard to really fathom what we just watched when a team gets their all-American big man back and uh, Kofi Coburn comes out uh, dominant against Cincinnati and really showed that they couldn't handle him early on and uh, you get that guy back get a week of practice to clean some things up and it sounded like you know Illinois in terms of how this shaped up Cincinnati being a team that played four cupcakes at home uh before this matchup, a new head coach seemed like Illinois could really get right and, and potentially blow them off the floor, which uh, you're up 15 points midway through the first half. That's what it looked like it was trending towards. And then just utter collapse and anemic offense. And it's hard to even really put words around that. We're going to try to get this done. Joey, first reactions that come to mind in, in terms of what we just watched and the fact that Illinois didn't have an answer couldn't figure it out and just got blown out by a Cincinnati team that I'm not sure we're going to we're gonna look back on in, in February and March and say that they're very good. Are we going to look back in February and March and say either of these last two losses have been very good? It's just super disappointing, right? And we knew Illinois would miss Io DeSumo from a late-game perspective, from a go-get-a-bucket perspective, from a just-facilitate-the-offense perspective. But you missed him – in these last two games from a things are going off the rails really, really fast and someone pick it up perspective. And he's such a dominant personality that it was just like, I don't, I think we kind of got used to seeing it right. Derek is like, Oh, things are messed up. IO is going to either get a bug. He's just going to figure this thing out because that's what IO does. And you don't think anything of it. Now someone else has got to step into that. Is it one person? Is it multiple people? That's what I think Illinois has to figure out, and, and that's beyond just the flat-out X's and O's of what's going on offensively. I, I just think you lack that fix-it guy and that fix-it leadership. And, and I'm sure in a month if we have this discussion, it'll probably be figured out. But when you have such a dominant guy, it does take, a, I think, a little bit to figure it out. It's not an excuse, but that to me is one of the glaring things this team's missing. Yeah, I think that's a great point. There was a swagger about Io. And I know that Brad spent a lot of time yesterday talking about the air about Kofi and the confidence that a team gets when Kofi's back in the lineup. And we did see that early on, but uh, it was last year, Io was the alpha. Io was the guy that everyone fed off of. And when they walked into a building and, and he said, you know, hey, we're we're going to we're going to go on a run or, or you know, this isn't going to we're, we're cutting this at, at this point where things are going wrong and we're turning it around. Obviously in late game, we know that uh, there was, a, that was a team that was 
not afraid of anybody because they felt like and knew they had the best closer in college basketball. So uh, there is definitely a leadership conversation to be had. The fact that he's not there anymore, uh, Georgie not being there anymore is, is something you got to at least bring up because in terms of chemistry, and, and there is something to be said for the fact that this team has been a little disjointed and not gotten to, to practice together, but these guys have played. I mean, the main pieces of this team have played a lot together. So uh, I would push back on that. I know that Brad mentioned that in the, in the press conference, like, when you look at this this starting lineup and you have Carbello and you have Frazier and Grandison and Kofi, I know Coleman's stepping into a new role and playing a lot this year, but uh, those are four guys, the first four I mentioned, that have played a lot of basketball and, and know what it takes to win and, and know the effort. And that's that's the other thing. Like, I think when there's something to be said of an offense that's not working and uh, not making the right passes or the ball's not going in, but to have your coach sit there and say, you know, we got out tough, we got out hustled, they they played harder than us. Like we heard that last year, early on in the season. And, and there have been points like that within an Illinois season, even last year where some of that has happened. And you kind of question why is that the case for the team that talks about everyday guys and having the right culture and everything. Um, so on one hand, it is a long season. And then I think sometimes we even forget even last year when they struggle, like you got to kind of mold it and figure it out. And each team is different, but at the same time, it's like, man, this, this team should not be going through that. Uh, and, and that's really, really concerning. And can they pick it up? Absolutely. Are they talented enough? They are. Um, but that is something that has got to be fixed and figured out. And Brad apparently hasn't really had the answers for. I think that's something that's concerning too, because when this team was flying off the handle at Marquette and was panicking and just couldn't get out of their way and struggling, like he wasn't able to, to calm them down and some of that was a was a point guard that was losing his mind, and uh, I thought he was a little bit better tonight. But then again, takes jump shots that don't go down, and still has turnovers. Uh, but this this team's got to have some of that player leadership, and, and that really evaporated down the stretch where offensive struggles all of a sudden meant Illinois wasn't playing defense, and there was a point in time where they were just they were over. They they knew the game was over, and uh, you know Brad sat his starters down. You asked about him in the press conference that has started fairly early uh, with, with still a lot of time left on the clock. So yeah. How, how do you, how do you see that? Like the fact you mentioned IO uh, and, and you mentioned uh, the fact that, you know, everything he brought on, on that side, like, but you would have, you would have expected Kofi's presence and what we talked about yesterday to, to kind of fix that. Right. Like, I, I don't know what, how concerning is that, I guess is, is maybe the biggest question that we should ask at this point in time. Yeah, I think, and that's fair. And I also, I agree with you. I, I didn't like the, well, we're disjointed uh, answer from Brad because I mean, yeah, like the reality is they have had guys in and out, right? Like that's not really disputable. And I, I know he kind of prefaced it with like, I know this sounds like an excuse and, and it does sound like an excuse, but don't a day ago say we probably beat Marquette with Kofi. And then when you lose, turn around and say, well, listen, you know, Hey, we were a little disjointed and I, I get it it's like right after the game and you're trying to search for an answers after, you know, it's fine. But like those two things really conflict for me when you hear them. And that's what I, I was just kind of like, I, it's not to me, it's kind of hard to be the case, right? Like you have two all Americans, two super senior, well, one all American and one guy that I think a lot of people in Corbello reasonably projected to, to take quite a big jump. And in some cases being all American, you have two super seniors and Trent Frazier and DeMonte Williams, like you're right, disjointed doesn't really add up. 
with this team. This isn't Io's sophomore year and Kofi's freshman year team, right? Like, I think you're start like, where is that toughness that, that Brad Underwood? I remember before the first, was it the first exhibition or the second? I think it was the first where, like, he made it a point. Like, you can tell when Brad goes to a podium what Brad wants to talk about, and he wanted to talk about toughness. And now you're seeing it turn around. So, I mean, there's just so many of these uh, kind of concerning elements in two games. And, again, let, let's be honest, Derek. We think in a month this will probably right itself to what degree we'll see. But, like, I don't think we're going to be having the same discussion in, in a month. And if so, that means we're having it right around the Missouri game, and I can just see the Twitter world caving from the inside. But I don't even remember your initial question, but like there are some of these concerning elements to look at and say, I just kind of thought with the hype that the answers would have already been kind of out there by this point. Yeah. And there's, there's just been those concerning signs and it hasn't just been in this game or even against Marquette when uh, Kofi kind of as an aside at one point leading up to the season said, well, in a, in a team meeting we had, I think it was maybe after the first exhibition game or, or maybe it was around the Indiana P PA game. And it's like, you're having a team meeting already uh, this early in the season. And we're maybe nitpicking and, and just trying to, to glean whatever we can out of a you know certain statement. But Brad went into this, this fall, you know, for a guy that at big 10 media, they did puff out his chest and say, we can be better than last year. Like we have, yeah. really really high expectations at the, at the same time sat there and said like we're not as tough as we need to be we're, we need to be tougher we need to be more together uh we're not playing defense all that well which defense was the lesser of the two evils tonight it was offense and that's offense has been the issue for the most part here at the start of the season I do want to touch on that as we go along but uh yeah that that is something that has been there have been just some signs uh, of this team not coming together, and you're, you're wondering why that's the case. Again, to your point there at the very end, do I think they'll figure it out? Yeah, I ultimately do. Will uh, Will Illinois come together? Will Michigan come together? I, I think it's an early time for these teams uh, to to maybe overreact a little bit, and uh, you are you are going to have some of that. But uh, is Purdue by far and away the best team in the Big Ten right now? Yeah, I mean that's that's the obvious take to have. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe uh, as we're recording right now, I know that Arkansas leads Kansas State in the first half. Maybe an Illinois Bruce Weber matchup tomorrow. And boy, you better win that one or uh, people are really going to lose their minds. But this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about let's dive into a couple of these individual performances. And I'm actually going to group these guys together. Trent Frazier, who had a, a really nice game against Marquette and obviously went off from three. 
Tonight was 0 for 9 from the field, 0 for 5 from, from 3. And, and maybe one that's more concerning has been kind of more of a theme to start the season. His roommate, DeMonte Williams, 0 for 2 from the field. Uh, both of those were three-point shots. I think he's now 1 for 7 from 3 to start this season. Uh, so two guys, super seniors that don't score, go 0 for 11 combined. And DeMonte is not the offensive threat that he was last season. Joey, what do you make of that? Or should we over should we overreact and say DeMonte's back to sophomore year DeMonte, junior year DeMonte? Like, what do you think about those two tonight and, and not being able to to step up? And I guess you could even say Grandison. Grandison was over three as well. Yeah, I I kind of thought when Kofi came back the gravity of him, everything was going to kind of fall back into place in the way that we saw it last year. That would have mean, meant good-looking threes for DeMonte, for Trent, for Jacob Grandison. I I don't – you know, what was last year for DeMonte, right? Like what – like th- that was a silly jump from everything we had seen from him for three years. And maybe the answer is more in the middle, right? Like I know I'm kind of hedging a little bit, but he's probably not going to lead the nation or whatever his stat was in three-pointers or – you know, he's also not going to be the sophomore year where you could hear the Orange Crush go, oh, wait, 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 before he shot it, right? Like, the answer is somewhere probably there to be. But, like, the point is you can't have your two stars – I, I got to call them stars, right? Like, uh, Kopi Coburn and Andre Corbello combine for 30 – man, I'm not good at math – 30 of your team's 51 points. That That's not winning you anything – and then the next closest guy is Plummer with six, right? And one of them was a last second three. So really he had three points for any part of this game that mattered at all. Austin Hutcherson had five points. I mean, nobody else. And, and just the shooting numbers, you, how do you win a game with DeMonte Williams, Trent Frazier, and uh, Jacob Grandison going 0 for 14? Yeah. I, I, how do you do it? Like, I know this team is supposed to have depth, but – you don't do that. So, and at some point, Derek, I, I would assume you and I both watched the same, like, after a while, it's got to feel like bad luck on some shots. Like, there were some open looks that were in and out. Like, Illinois may have set a record for most halfway down shots to uh, in a game. Now, that's not going to win you anything, right? Halfway down didn't get you half the number of points. But, like, at some point, it did feel a little bit, like, just crappy luck. After, I mean, and then the rest of it was just the offense was completely putrid and, and settling for terrible shots. First shot, don't get it into Kofi and work it inside out. Offensively, Brad said they're disjointed, right? Which makes sense. This was a 23 to 8 game to start in which Illinois won. They lost 71 to 51. That is a 53 to 27. Deficit guy, I'm really not good at math. If that's wrong, someone please don't correct me. But they were 7 of 40 to close the game shooting. Like, that's not all bad luck. That's just really bad offense. What did you make offensively? Where are these, where are these issues arising for, for going 7 of 41? Yeah, like you said, it, it's hard to just say it's one schematic thing. Um, you're going to have shots that just don't go in, and it's one of those nights. But – to that extent was really concerning because I don't think that they adjusted all that well when you had Kofi going early and Cincinnati, of course, is going to say, okay, we can't guard him one-on-one like most teams in the nation. We're going to have to put two or three guys in the paint every time he touches the ball. And Illinois at at some, for some stretch of time when they 
went six and a half minutes without a field goal. I think Kofi only took one of those shots. They're like one for 11. So it almost seemed like they went away from him because they had all that attention in the lane. And uh, I, there were a couple of times Coleman Hawkins, I'm sure he wasn't the only one, would like kind of stare him down. Kofi has a guy on his back and don't throw it to him. And then it seemed like the offense was stand four people around the perimeter, see if we can dump it into Kofi. If we can't, let's maybe just pass it around a little bit and then someone's going to have to take a shot. And, and it was contested a lot of times. Uh, and, and there just wasn't a whole lot of connectivity, some kind of like real purpose to the offense. And Kofi is part to blame in terms of some of the criticism about when you have a team that's going to crash down inside, the strategy is to then get it inside, have that team crash and then kick it out to whoever's open, whether that'd be a three pointer on the perimeter or someone cutting off the other side. Kofi has five assists since the start of last season. So like that is something that Illinois has not done well at all. He had no assists tonight. Uh, he at times was taking it up, contested uh, against multiple, multiple guys. And, but yeah, you're going to need three point shooting around him. And that was another thing that I know, I know it's really early and can they live up to the billing of being a much better shoot, shooting team than last year? They can, but so far we're not seeing that. They were three for 22 from three tonight. You had Hawkins, Grandison, Curbelo, uh, DeMonte. Like those guys were combining going into the night. And Plummer, that was the other, the other one. Like combined, they were 19% from three. And Plummer really has yet to, to click into place. Defensively, he's still a, a very much a liability, takes some questionable shots. And I know that Brad said in general, like there was a lot of hero ball tonight. There was a lot of guys just trying to be like, okay – it was this guy's turn last time and it didn't work. Well, let me go take one. And uh, I think Curbelo, Curbelo still has to get that out of him some because even very early in the game, took a fadeaway in, in the lane, airball jump shot, took a very deep three when things were going wrong and it was building on a Cincinnati lead that really had no chance of being made. So uh, that needs to get fixed just in terms of, okay, if teams are going to crash, we got to use that to our advantage. And if the, the post-entry game to Kofi's not working, what else can we do to get guys shots to move the ball? And that is a coaching thing. That is something they got to work on and practice and scheme up. Uh, but at the same time, when you have Curbelo, when you have Trent, when you have guys that have been on the floor, those guys got to make plays too. So I, it's a shared blame, uh, but it's certainly something that uh, this coaching staff is going to have to find answers to. And I'm surprised that we saw it to that drastic of an extent when you had all week to prepare, knew Kofi was coming back, knew this team was going to not be able to guard him one-on-one. -on -one. What were you going to be able to do after that? And that's where they didn't have the answer. You know, I, your point about Kofi and his five assists dating back to last year, do you know who else knew that? Cincinnati head coach Wes Miller. Yes. Wes Miller, right? Yeah. And, you know, he brought it up pretty quickly in his post-game press conference. So now you've got this kind of storm of you're not hitting shots, you're not running a coherent offense. Everybody knows it. And nobody cares because they're going to go in and crash on Kofi to make him pass out of there, one. And then, two, make you hit the shot to make them pay for crashing in on him. Will that eventually happen? I don't know about the passing operation, but at some point you, you would think the shots are going to end up going down, right? But that right now, I mean, to hear him come out and say, that was kind of our plan here, like, it worked, right? And that's, that's a, that's a problem. That's a recipe for disaster. One of the things, you know, that I know that we had heard of Kofi wanting to improve was, A, his range a little bit, get out, and he took some mid-range shot early in the first half. It did not go in, so I, uh, 
again, he was I, feeling himself at that point. Things were going right for a while, so he was able to be like, all right, I'm going to try this. Yeah, I, I would suspect that Brad has uh, requested in some capacity that he steer clear maybe a little bit of that shot, but you got to pass it. You got to pass it out. And for, look, to be honest, for the most part, if you got two people on Kofi, you're probably telling him not to pass it out because he is strong as an ox. He's either going to get fouled or it's going to go in. But when they drop everybody in on him, and Cincinnati did that, that I mean, you got to kick it out. It's, it's just so much in these last few games. The hero ball was really a telling, I thought, statement from Brad. Uh, and Curbelo does wear a blame. Now, I do think a lot of the, oh, my God, this is the worst garden in America claims that we've seen float up it's a little soon. All right. Let's just take a <laughs> breath on that. But look, I, we knew when Andre Curbelo was kind of being projected to jump into the stratosphere of like elite college basketball players, that that's not easy. Like, that's not just like, well, last year he was a six man and now he's going to be an all American and we'll see you there. Like that is, that takes a lot to get to that point. And we're seeing, I think some of those growing pains of Andre Curbelo going from the six man who was on the floor with IO, who's a freshman with some of these more mature players and veteran players to now he's the one driving this car and he's got to figure out how to drive a stick shift at this point, right? Like that's about the only analogy I can come up with. And it's not easy. And you're going to pop the clutch a hundred times before you figure it out. And you would have liked to see this happen a little quicker. So I don't want it to sound like an excuse like, well, you know, he'll get it eventually because it hasn't really been pretty. And there's been stuff in this hero ball, the jump shot that you mentioned, the whole second half effectively against Marquette, that that's concerning. And that's the stuff that you want to see reined in a little bit. Uh, and, and I know there's a trash talking element, right? Like yeah. whatever, but I think you're just seeing how like big of an ask it was to ask somebody to go from what he was last year to an all American and to run a show of a team that's supposed to be really stinking good. And it's ugly at time. Yeah, there's a lot to ask out of a guy that looked had some brilliant moments last year and had the highest assist rate in the big 10. And when the ball was in his hands, Illinois was a better team when he was on the floor last year, but when he had his moments of, oh, my God, things are unraveling. Brad could take him out and say, okay, sit right. down here. We're going to let Io go. We're going to let Trent go. Like, you can't do that now. Like, you got to ride with Curbelo for the most part. Uh, and I think that the usage is, is just so high for him. The ball is in his hands nearly every possession. And so there's more opportunities for him to make plays. But then he's letting some mistakes compound. He's taking some shots because he – he does, even as Brad said after the Marquette game, he's feeling some weight of I need to step up offensively when we have a guy in Io that put up, what was it, you know, 18 a game last year. Like, he's got to answer some of that. And I know that Curbelo is trying to be more of a scorer, and he needs to be because defense is right now the, the plan is going to be make him be the one to take the shot out of everybody else pretty much on the floor. Let's try to see if he'll take a jump shot, and they will settle with that for being the possession. So, um I, by the same token, like early on in the season, sophomore struggles, we had a lot of conversations about Io at that point in time of not living up to the hype at that point in time, kind of compared to he comes back and doesn't go through the NBA draft, but expects to be a draft prospect. And everybody's like, you know, I remember at Arizona where he struggles or the Miami game is like, that guy thinks he's going to the NBA. Like there was a lot of that. So Andre's struggles, I, I wouldn't completely just write him off. Uh, and I don't, I'm not saying anybody is, but uh, I am open the internet <laughs> it's everywhere. 
<laughs> there is some of that out there. <laughs> there is some of that for sure. And um, he's going to get better. He's too talented. He's too talented not to. Uh, and he's too uh, – he has good instincts, but I think he's, he's just so aggressive and he's so – sped up sometimes and he tries to make every play and even tonight you're just seeing some some passes or just him getting ahead of himself like oh man just don't don't make that play and to your point about you might as well bring it up with the the taunting and I I am with you you tweeted it out way too many whistles and and trying to cut back on taunting as a Bears fan that lost to the Steelers because we we had a we had a, a taunting call that was was just egregious um, I am I am for cutting that back, but Curbelo's had what? I mean, if you count the exhibition games for four of those techs already early on this year, I mean it's been at least three. And it's a guy that knows that knows what he can't do, and he's still pushing the envelope a little bit. I think people might have a problem with Illinois had a rough stretch offensively. Curbelo finally hits a jump shot and it has something to say. And it's like, how about how about you make a jump shot, turn around and keep playing? Like that's He's very showy and uh, and also confident. So that's that's the thing that I think is rubbing some people the wrong way. But there is no doubt that like Mike Saunders makes a bucket. He's fired up. Let him make the bucket. And let's play on. Curbelo, same thing. So I get your point on that. Yeah, I, I want to also two of the Cincinnati players had talked about the depth that they have and that they just go out and play basically a thousand miles an hour in shifts or a thousand miles an hour in just various shifts and wait for the other team to what they said, tap out. And they effectively said, yeah, Illinois tapped out. And I want to get to defensively what is going on. Cause this isn't where like Brad didn't seem overly concerned offensively. Like he understood there were things that need addressed, but he said, I'm worried about the other side. What is going on defensively? Like how does the seven footer in the middle, not just, kind of dry erase, erase all the issues there. Yeah, that's a good question. For a team that coming in was number one in the country, defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, and some of that is still mm-hmm. projection. Like, like some of that is still based on where they had them going into the year. They haven't been really good. I mean, they were great first two games, and even against Marquette, that wasn't your issue. Uh, but I think offensive struggles led to Cincinnati being able to – like they're – their mission was get stops, whether that be turnovers or bad shots, and push the ball. And uh, Mike Saunders was just eating them up, like being able to drive and uh, Illinois getting back and matching up in transition and stopping stopping the ball. And then at some point, as just things wore on, Illinois wasn't as engaged in uh, being able to close out on threes. And Davenport got going, hitting three-point shots and uh, allowed them to get offensive rebounds. And it, it just all kind of unraveled from there. And uh, I, I think that when Illinois is ultimately dialed in at that end, like there's, they're really good and have uh, maybe even higher upside than last year. Now, then again, I say that when some of that projection going in early on was like Omar Payne backup five is going to be a, a great rim protector and no one's going to score in the paint. Even if Kofi's off the floor and Omar plays five minutes tonight, and we still haven't seen him just find a role. So uh that really boils down to a team that they got out tough again, a team that got rattled, a team that uh, let things emotionally take over. And like Cincinnati is not pretty offensively, like going into this game, I think the rest of the year you'll see, this is a team that when they turn you over, when they can run and transition, they'll score. But other than that, they're, they're not a team. I mean, it's fairly typical Cincinnati, like want to muck it up, want to be physical. Uh, Their games aren't all that pretty. But when you let them score 71, I mean, that's 
that's not good. That's a problem in Kansas State. If you are to play them, it's probably going to be a, a similar way. Like that's going to be their style. And uh, Illinois has got to be able to be tough. And Brad said it flat out, like being able to withstand when you're not getting stops and still be able to defend, like that's toughness. And he said, our team doesn't have a lot of that right now. And that's that's kind of the bottom line. All right. A couple more points here. We talked about it earlier. Brad went to the reserves with like nine or 10 minutes left in this game. Now, when I asked him about it, he said, I was just looking for someone to make a shot. I still stand to reason that Kofi and Curbelo are your two best options for that. Um, and he also kind of pointed to, well, we got a game tomorrow. I hadn't stopped him really in the Big Ten tournament before, right? Like, right. What, what do you make of that? Because I, I made, to me, that looked like a message. Like, you're not going to go out there and play hard defensively. You're not going to go out there. And we've kind of heard, like, loose references to, like, if you don't play defense, you're not playing, you know? But, like – do you think that was a little bit of a message? I think it had to be. It had to be when you look at the fact that like Coleman Hawkins plays 23 minutes. He has one rebound. Jacob Granderson had two rebounds in 15 minutes, and his minutes were limited because he just – he was rough in terms of just all over the place. Defensively was getting beat, getting beat to loose balls, and that's not Jake. Like, that's not what we normally see for a guy that's very high energy, that's someone that's getting that extra possession, uh, and he wasn't doing that. And – uh, yeah, I think overall, to your point about like Curbelo not being out there, Kofi not being out there, he was he had to be sending a message and had to know that the game was without some kind of epic heroic comeback, uh, you know, 2005 levels of comeback. Like it was it was well in hand and done and, and needed to find and probably wanted to see some guys on the bench who were craving some minutes to play hard and say, hey, look, what happens when you play hard? Hey, we might get some stops. And uh, I, I do think that back to kind of the original point of Brad seems to is searching with this group. And for a team that's got veterans, he's trying to awaken them. And uh, he said the, you know, the IUP game was a wake up call and something that he really liked. And obviously these two losses against Marquette and Cincinnati aren't things that he's enjoying, but he's trying to get his team's attention in my opinion. And uh, when you have a game right away tomorrow, you got to be able to do that. You can't just, you can't sulk about it. Uh, You got to be able to try to, ignite a fire into this team. And I think that might've been what he was trying to do. And at the same time, kind of understanding like where this was going and maybe some minutes for Hutch were good ultimately for a guy that is trying to find a rhythm. And and he kind of has maybe potentially, I mean, you might need him a little bit more than maybe we thought earlier on if Alfonso Plummer isn't going to come along like he thought, if if guys aren't going to hit shots, if shooting is going to be an issue and concern for this team, that's a guy that profiles as a shooter, profiles as a guy who can defend with his length. And I know he's still got a lot to show based on in terms of like game experience, but uh, I understand why he got some minutes. But yeah, the game was over somehow, somehow against Ken Palm 96 to 94. You were, it was so far gone with nine minutes to go. I, that was an early Seth Davis Sharpie as I've ever seen one for Illinois. Are there any – I'm struggling to find them. Are there any redemptive qualities out of this game? Is there anything that you look at and say, hey, you know, that wasn't so bad, other than Kofi just for eight minutes doing whatever he wanted to do on a basketball court? Not really. No. <laughs> I, I, I Seriously, I can't think of any. Like, nothing went even moderately close to right. I, I, I did like the last little flash we saw of Hutch. But, like, that tells me almost nothing m- moving forward, right? Like – it looked good when you're down by 20 and you get to the line, but I, I didn't really take anything from that. I mean, this was as bad of a quote unquote supporting cast, um, I, I guess, show that we've seen 
in a long time, Derek. I, I'm struggling to remember a time that it was like that bad for outside of your your stars. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while for a team that during their run of success last year really was about having you know seven seven deep, seven eight deep that could come in and and, and make an impact. And uh, this has been a build again as a team. And I, I don't want to. It's easy to now to, to nitpick and go back and say, well, this is what this team was hyped up as in the preseason. And anything that we say is obviously not what they're living up to at this point. But one of the things that was talked about was like, this is going to be a deeper team. This team yeah. could be better than last year overall. And obviously they're not showing that right now. But uh, depth is is now a question when you look at the Marquette game and what you didn't get off the bench and, and this game as well. And uh, the fact Again, you know, DeMonte's coming off the bench, doesn't make a shot. Plummer goes two for six. Uh, you just don't have a whole lot there. I know Luke Goody wasn't available tonight. Boss man's never going to be a guy in the post. It's going to really be much to talk about in terms of score. Omar's not there. It's it's concerning. It, it's very concerning right now. Something's going to have to play out. It is still very early. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, five free throws for Hutch isn't anything to go crazy over. Like, he, he was active, which is – Something more to be said for some other guys, but for the most part, this was just a an abysmal performance, one that you can't really draw much from in terms of positive. And you, you try to hope you can figure it out tomorrow and at least get one victory in Kansas City. Yeah, I guess I should clarify when I say outside of the stars, they weren't really that great either uh, for a majority of the game. It was just nah. all right. What well, I wouldn't have projected this team to have two losses on November twenty second. Um, two losses in Fort. I mean, it's kind of silly to say out loud, but what's the level of concern, Derek? I, I mean, big picture, you know, in the next month term, like where, where are you at with the concern level here? I think you have to recalibrate a little bit. I mean, for, it's easy to look at where Illinois finished last year being a one seed and was the hottest team in the country. And uh, I guess now it's fairly obvious not, you don't just show up the next year and that's still the case. Like, even though you have, what might have been, may or may not have been a fluky loss against Loyola. You don't just, you know, you lose one All-American, but you bring back Kofi and you say, okay, we're just going to pick right up where we left off. And uh, there's some things to fix. I think big picture, the great thing about college basketball, if you're looking at it this way and if you're a coach and you, you look at the kind of the process of building through a season is you can take some tough losses and still ultimately get to where you want to go. Uh, so can this team – like? The fact that they lose to Marquette and they, without Kofi and they get embarrassed by Cincinnati with Kofi back, does that take away from anything you would have said preseason of where this team can go? I don't think so. There's just, they just have that much more to prove. I think that there's a lot of things that have been said about them. Uh, I think that there's a lot of things that have been assumed by those on the team, like in terms of where this where they're at status-wise or where kind of they're at in the pecking order that it has to be proven. And uh, I know that this team in the past, even last year, had to take a couple of punches in the mouth before they really woke up and, and got it together. So maybe that's just happening in kind of a surprising fashion early on this season. Uh, I said earlier on, like, it's clear that Purdue is, is the class in the big 10. It, it makes sense why Michigan's figuring out because they have so many new pieces and, and freshmen. So uh, Illinois does have some new roles, a couple of new pieces. So not as explainable in my opinion, but uh, should they still be a top, a top team in the big 10? Yeah, I think so. Uh, are they clearly chasing Purdue now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and anything from that, they just got to be able to figure it out because if they allow this to snowball, uh, while I thought Arkansas was going to be the toughest team they played in the non-conference, it's pretty clear Arizona is going to be that. And, and you're going to face them at home here coming up in a few weeks. 
Notre Dame's a high major test you're going to play. You're going to play high major test tomorrow, even if that is Kansas State. So uh, you got to be able to, to write this shit, figure it out, uh, and, and be able to be humbled a little bit and be bettered for that. So uh, that's something that Brad's going to be tasked with now, having some answers. And I don't know. I, I don't want to overreact too much, but this is definitely one that's pretty jarring and one that I understand the fan base is like, what the heck's going on? This should not be happening. Yeah, I'm with you. And circling it back all the way to the top of this is who's going to be the one to set the alarm clock and kind of wake this team up? I, I knew who it was going to be last year, and he's playing on the Bulls. Um, and I think Brad has this culture he's talked about and that means so much to him. I think part of that is believing somebody on the floor outside of a coach is going to be the one to kind of shake the team awake. Um, and it's been Andres Feliz, it's been Iota Sumu, and, and now you've got to see who steps in to do that. All right, Derek, back at this tomorrow. I don't even know who's winning the other game as we record this. Uh, Arkansas. I can check I real fast. Arkansas. It's got to be. It's got to be Arkansas. Yeah, oh yeah, they're doubling up Kansas State. Bruce oh, Weber, great. Illinois. Oh, man, I can just see the nostalgia. Brad against K-State. What a what a run. Back at it tomorrow, Derek. Illinois was cooked. They were cooked in Kansas City, man. That's, that's the podcast title. There you go. That's also a good one. Warner, who's who's hobbled away in his like third hotel in as many as many days. All right, Derek. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely, man. Talk tomorrow. Yeah.